Hey, listener, thanks for pressing play. This week on the Jock and Nerd podcast, Bob Iger steps down as the CEO of Disney. Matt Reeves' The Batman's bat suit is fully revealed in new set photos, and DC Comics fires one of its two publishers as they plan yet another company-wide reboot of their timeline. What? Plus, a listener-sponsored movie review of 2014's Edge of Tomorrow, and a whole bunch more, all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Wednesday, February 26th, 2020. (laughs) You know who this is, and you know why you're here. You want all the latest comic book and superhero TV and movie news, and by God, you found it. Forget everything else out there. Forget all the Scientology bullshit. This is the real deal. This is the real deal. Worship at the feet of the holy trio of geekdom. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Play it. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock and Nerd. Funny, disturbing. Jock and Nerd. Spoiler alert. Hello, hello, what's up, listener? Thanks for joining us this week, and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we deliver comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose every damn week. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. And he's the nerd. And over there joining us, that flatulent, filthy, felty, who may or may not have a sex tape out, uh, that's Rug Boy. What's up, Rugs? I have a sex tape out. Geek boner. There may be... Um, this is the first I've heard of this. Well, look, listener um, Seth Morgan recently sent me this oh, clip. Seth Morgan. Rugs. Oh, and, uh, Rugs. Never heard of him. Rugs, you watch this clip. What do you have to say for yourself? It is a... It's a pornographic clip with a felty that looks a lot like you. Uh, it looks a little bit like me. I mean, it is, uh, the hair's different. I could say it's a distant relative to okay, me. Okay, it's I'll not say that. you. Oh, shit. It is. It, a, it's not me, wink, wink. wink it's wink. a distant relative. Uh, well, look, this is, <laughs> it is a visual thing. It is kind of an obscene clip. I'm not going to get too graphic. Just but, count the teeth if you really uh, want yes, to. Yes, count the teeth. I will play the audio. Of this how clip. long of this? How much of this audio are you going to play? I, this I is, don't need to play much. I'm yeah. afraid right now. Yeah. No, here's the thing. Don't worry because it's not what you're going to expect. Uh, here's the clip. <laughs> what? I'm not sure what's going on there. Uh, Rugs, do you make those noises? Does that sound familiar? Uh no, I don't make those. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, I make, well, I, maybe I would have said what, but like not not that. I, I, I got to call this out. I mean, yeah. we've started out with talking about shaving your balls. We've yeah. talked about yeah. done penis jokes. We've done all sorts of weird show opens. I really got to question your judgment on sh- opening the show with that. I, Listen, I, with, especially the, with the fact that there's this is an audio pod. Like no one is going to understand why you played that. No one, no one, and then once people, if people look at this, they're going to be like, "Why did you want people to look at this?" There is a clip. Okay, I'm going to describe it to you. Okay, so don't get too graphic, rugs. No one can it, see it right now. All right, so basically, it's a, it's 
It's a guy that looks a lot like me. Yes. All right. And there's a woman, a tattooed woman, that is uh, do uh, uh, performing fellatio. Human, oh, wo- human woman, felty uh, with a felty. Yeah. With a, I have a human penis. I still think that's you. Anthony, you know who's going to love that <laughs> clip? Our sponsor for this month. Oh, uh, <laughs> nerd. Yes, that's a rough transition. Real rough. But, Anthony, I'm very excited. This month we have a special trade partnership going. Correct. Uh, why don't you explain who it is? We are officially <laughs> partners with the uh, E3 Expo. Yeah! So, <laughs> for those of you that don't know, E3 is the biggest video game event of the year. So it's on uh, June 9th through June 11th at the Los Angeles Convention Center. And... Uh, Badges are available now at e3expo.com. We're actually on the site. It listed as one of the sponsors. So it's like a little bit of a partnership. I wouldn't say it's a full-on sponsorship either way. We're both working together to yep. promote each other. Back and forth. I do hear, though, that gamer badges are limited. So please uh, grab yours before it's too late. And they're available again at e3expo.com. And we have links in our show notes, links on a link in the banner on our site. And to be honest, it's probably really easy to remember e the number three, and then spell out expo.com. So you don't really need to click on all that stuff. You can just type it in your fucking browser. It's very, right? very exciting because we're an official partner trade, and it's like the, our San Diego for uh, Comic-Con for and video it's games. It's a huge deal. It's a big show. So re- thanks to E3. Uh, we'll have our a logo on some signage, and uh, we're on their website. They're on our website. Very cool. Check it out. We're partners. We're partners, baby. Uh, let's get to the geek news, you bastards. The Jock, Jock and Nerd Podcast. I'm still thinking about the clip. Yeah, you think E3 appreciates that's how we open the book? Well, a, a fan <laughs> sent it to us. Yes, it's very but shocking. This is, like, this is what you have to think about, okay? A fan found this. A listener found this. Like, yeah, some guy that listens to us went on the internet looking for puppet pornography, <laughs> found, searched through, oh, like, swaths of puppet pornography, until he found a puppet that looked like me and then sent it to us. Uh, unbelievable. <laughs> I don't, I have no words to describe yeah, that clip. A, so, yes. I don't know how much time you got. Good work. You, you did it. <laughs> Good work. Uh, we're going to start off the news with a big shakeup over at uh, Friendly Disney, the mouse house that's going to rule the world. It is the end of the Bob Iger era, everyone, as he steps down. As Disney CEO and is replaced by another Bob, Bob Chapek. Oh, shit. Uh, what about Bob? What about Bob? Apparently, you have to be named Bob to run Disney. That's not true. Uh, but uh, holy crap, Iger's been there since 2005 after he took over from Michael Eisner 15 years. And his legacy is, is obvious, guys. Like, Bob Iger did so much at Disney in the last 15 years. Yeah. Were you shocked by this uh, uh, kind of uh, stepping down? I think that he wanted to go out on a high note. I think that, like, everything, like, things are starting to go bad, right? So are they, Star though? Wars, yeah. yeah, Star mm. Wars is uh, kind of in a questionable area. Marvel's in its now trying to rebuilding phase. And I don't know. He seems like a guy who's kind of like a retirement age. Yeah. So why is he going to hang on to go out on a low note? He won't be hanging around till December 31st, 2021 as executive chairman. You know, he just put out a book that's apparently very inspirational, very interesting. Uh, I'll go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, I learned a lot about him on the Disney Plus uh, Imagineering doc 
uh, that showcased like Michael Eisner era, Bob Iger, Iger era, and how he dealt with the Imagineers in the park. So I learned a lot about this guy recently and all the stuff he's done. And we'll go through his his high points, which are many. But yeah. comment, Anthony. I, w- I wouldn't necessarily see, say he's going out while it's on a low note. I think he's going out probably at the right time. I, yeah, almost I don't on think the high m- note. Much more for him to accomplish. Mm. I mean, he can continue to build what he's what he's built. Um, and Imran will go over some of the things he's added. But I mean, he's definitely transformed the Mouse House into a a mega super media power conglomerate. Yeah. So I, I just don't. I it's one of those things where he's just kind of going out while. He's on top. Like you don't want to wait too long, and then maybe some, you know, some of the Star Wars stink that uh, Rugboy mentioned, or let's say Phase Four fails. Like he he doesn't have to necessarily be responsible for that. He's anymore. definitely Seinfelding it, you know. Yeah, he he doesn't want to stick around because first of all, there's no real big thing to build to right now. He's like a yeah. crescendo. Yeah, it's like everything is in a rebuilding phase. Yeah. So why not leave while you still have all of these accomplishments instead mm-hmm. of failures? Speaking of accomplishments, since 2005, here's what Bob Iger has done for Disney. He starts out with, with uh, buying at Pixar. Huge Pixar. Huge move. Huge move because at the time, uh, when Michael Eisner was there, a co- they were, Disney was probably at its lowest it's been after the Renaissance, right? Their, their animated movies were being outdone by Pixar. And they you were know, getting their asses kicked. They yeah, were getting their asses kicked. So yeah, so what's the smart move? I'll fucking buy them. So he buys Pixar, buys all that IP, giant move. Also during Michael Eisner's reign towards the end, Eisner was uh, cutting corners in new parks and, and new uh, amusements and attractions. Uh, the parks were kind of lagging. They were failing. It wasn't generating as much revenue as it should. So Iger goes back in, pours millions of dollars annually into making the parks more entertaining, more interactive, more brand friendly. Uh, and that plan worked as they're still you know, we coming into the Star Wars lands. The Marvel lands is going to be built. Um, so he's added new parks, bought new land. Huge deal. In 2009, the riskiest thing Iger does is the Marvel Cinematic Universe is one year old, and he buys all of Marvel for $4 billion. Oh, shit. With a net return to Disney of like $26 billion. Biggest box office franchise ever created under Iger. Then he's like, all right, what else can I buy? Turns out he buys Lucasfilm for another $4 billion. Uh, now that has been handled maybe not as well as the Marvel, you know, movies, but another huge acquisition. He pushed into China with Disneyland Shanghai, something nobody thought could be done. He brokers with the help of a drunk Tom Holland, the Sony Spider-Man deal. So MCU and Sony can share Spider-Man an unprecedented deal. No one has ever tried before. And then recently, Fox merger, $71 billion purchase, getting all that IP, the X-Men, Fantastic Four, returning to Marvel, and a successful Disney Plus launch of a streaming service, a new way uh, for them to rule the world. It went really well. Last year alone, the company had seven blockbusters that hit $1 billion. Oh, shit. At the worldwide box office, all under his watch. That's quite a fucking resume for the Bob Iger. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, what are you going to do better than that? I I don't know what. How do you? Uh, so what's left to buy? So besides Spider Man back, that's it. You could buy. Yeah, you could buy all of Sony. You could buy Spider Man. You could buy whatever else is failing. Buy DC. <laughs> this dude. Yes. Well, we'll get into that. There's a rumor 
uh, uh, coming up Ooh. a little bit later. But Bob Chapik has been there for 27 years since 1993. Similar to how Iger was Michael Eisner's right hand man moved up. Uh, Chap Chapik also starts at the bottom, works his way up, uh, and he is the uh, what, what was he? He was handling the parks and uh, resorts. So, do you guys want to know how much uh, the CEO of Disney makes? Because his salary has been revealed on Twitter by a Hollywood reporter, dude. What do you, sure. what do you think? How about you what guess? What did I make? I'll tell you Yes, that. it's more than all of us combined. I'll tell you much. Anthony, what, what would you guess the CEO of Disney uh, makes annually? $69 million. Oh, I like that number. It's a hot, sexy number. That's unfortunate. That's not correct. Sorry. Mm. Rugs, what's your guess? $500 million. Wow. Also, uh, overbid. JPEG's new contract will last until February 28, 2023, with a new annual salary increasing to $2.5 million. No, oh, it's not that much. It's not that much. I thought it would be more. Also, he will also reportedly have a target bonus of $7.5 million with annual long-term incentive grant of $15 million. Anthony, what does that mean? Do you know? No, I don't. I wasn't really even paying attention. Okay. You can probably make Thanks up for the big thirty million dollars a year. <laughs> I was looking though at some interesting numbers. Yeah, what um, numbers you got? Revenue wise. Yeah. Now we we don't know what their um it looks like actually they might have lost money last year. But revenue, they brought in sixty nine point five seven billion dollars last year. Wow. Uh the total assets for Disney, the Disney company is hundred and ninety three billion dollars. Pretty big. Total equity ninety three point eight billion dollars. Um yeah, some pretty I mean, big numbers. Iger has left uh, Chappick with uh, uh, in a nice spot, and Bob Chappick has said he will continue to do what Iger did, which was, uh, you know, rely on Disney's amazing storytelling throughout all these things, bringing storytelling back to the rides and their legacy of telling great stories is really what drives everything that they should be doing, and it's what drives everything that Iger did. For for what it's worth, though, I, and I'm I think I'm reading this right, but their net income, which means profit, yeah. They actually lost eleven billion last well, year. Well, I think last year they. Oh, last they, year, yeah, yeah twenty nineteen. But I believe that's because they. I mean, it's probably distributed a bunch of bunch of things. But uh, operating Disney Plus probably was a, a sinkhole for money. Disney Plus is definitely going to be a, a loss. lot of money in this Fox merger too. There's that. There's that. Disney Plus is going to be a loss. They also were not are not getting the money they would have gotten for the rights from like Netflix and other places to stream. So they gave all that up to get all their shows back. Right. So initially, Disney Plus is going to be a loss until it I mean, Netflix still loses money. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's all about the subscribers and keeping it going. Right. Uh, so what do you guys think? Is the, Do you think uh, anything's going to change dr- drastically? Maybe not immediately, but every big time president CEO kind of leaves their mark on whether it be good or bad. I, I'm interested to see like what else they have in mind to keep growing. Yeah. Well, well, they own a bunch of stuff that's like sitting around collecting dust too. Yep. Yeah. So maybe they'll just get that shit and freshen it up, like that and new mutants knows? movie. We're sitting yeah. here around collecting oh, dust. Yes. I don't think the, I don't think the new mutants movie is like the thing that's gonna push them over. The I am excited for this new Avengers Park. Have you? Did you guys see any uh, uh, stories about this? No. They have a thing. They have an animatronic Spider Man. That what's going to happen, they, there was a test of this. It, they launch this thing in the air. It does Spider-Man moves while it's flying through the air, and then it lands in a net, like, unseen. And then they reload it <laughs> to launch it again hmm. in this whole crazy Spider-Man world. I can't wait to see that. It's fucking nuts. 
I can't wait till Spider-Man lands on someone yeah, and kills he's, him. Yeah, he's going to definitely crush some poor little kid. <laughs> Mommy, Spider-Splat. Oh, shit. This Spider-Mangled. Is, this is awkward. Uh, listener, let us know what you think about Bob Iger stepping down as Disney CEO. Join our Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. You can chop it up with us and all our fun <laughs> listeners. Uh, and in fact, our the nation had some uh, thoughts. Roberto Rivera originally posted the link asking any idea why they would do this seems kind of abrupt to where Robert Slavinsky kind of answered him. He says, been in the works for a while. Iger has wanted out for years. Blake Braden said lots of speculation. My thought was that they didn't want chain of command changing during the Disney Fox merger and Disney plus starting up with a change like that. It would have torpedoed the stock doing it right now after everything is set. Naming all your heads for Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar would be a good time to do it. And he's got a point because I don't think the Disney the Disney stock took a hit. Normally, something like this would affect the stock. It did it? go down a little bit. It did? Yeah, yeah. it went down a little. Well, shut up, Imran. But I, you know, <laughs> that also may be like coronavirus, <laughs> coronavirus uh, related. Yes, yeah, can. actually, the stocks have been affected by that. It is yeah, very a minute. True. The CDC released that thing the other day. Fucking everything took. <laughs> Fuck no, that thing. Nosedive. Not like, funny. Surgical masks. Yeah. Skyrocketing. Buy stock in mass. <laughs> Listener hot tip on the Jock and Nerd Stock yes. Podcast. Um, okay, moving on. Last week, we saw that Matt Reeves released this camera test real mm-hmm. quick, dark uh, red of the bat suit. Yeah. And a week later, just as I kind of predicted, he he released that before, lots of set photos came out in daylight, which is... Arguably, Batman's worst look is, is daylight photos, uh, but you get a really good look at the full suit and the stuntman in the suit and on the bike. Um, and, and then somebody on the internet also made this awesome graphic we will dive into about all the different influences the suit is pulling from. But first, you guys, did you see the new pictures and the video and the bike? What do you think? What do you think now that we've seen the ears, we've seen the fucking thing in daylight? Do I like it? I yes. like aspects of it. I'm not really like that, like, uh, destroyed by this idea. I mean, we've seen tactical Batman before. Yes. Right? In the Dark Knight Rises and, and, and shit like that. So it's nothing new. I don't like some aspects, like those weird needles on his, uh, on his forearms. Yeah, that's a little bit weird. And the fact that he's wearing, like, uh, like a, too much stuff almost. It's not like sleek enough, but whatever. I can deal with it. It's fine. Anthony, the ears, the full suit reveal. Are you floppy, floppy John? John. Where are you now? I mean, it's tough to fully judge it just because it's a not a really like a, it's a weird set photo. It's not obviously posed or anything. I didn't like the Shazam costume when I first saw photos. And right, I ended up thinking true. it was fine on screen. Looking looked good. It does look like a little too much is going on. For me personally, yeah, yeah, it looks a little almost too armored up, but uh, I'm not going to make quick judgments on it. I will say though that I think and this is just my thought. They they black they put the black paint around his eyes, which is normal. Well, there's like lenses covering the eyes. Yeah, too. but there, which makes me think they might finally just go all in on the white eyes. Yes, honestly, I wish they would do like they did it for Deadpool. It worked. They did it to Spider Man. Finally. After all the reflective lenses, wide eyes, it looks great. Nolan did it for a hot minute in Dark Knight. Oh, he did? Yeah, when they do the cell phones, where the cell phones oh, hack in. The, and, right, he yeah. has the screen pop-up. Oh, right. I forgot they about glow. That. Yeah. yeah. No, I want, just give him the white eyes and do the little CGI of the, like, like it would look great on Deadpool. I thought that worked. I don't know. 
I don't know. I, I don't know how it would come off on screen. The, the white eyes in Nolan's, yeah. he didn't go fully all the way with it, but it kind of looked strange. But then again, that was 12 years ago. So like, I just want to could... see him in the shadows and his eyes are white and glowing and like, man, that's all you see. Yeah. I think the cape probably will be added digitally. That seems to be the thing they love doing. I don't know why. Just fucking wear a real cape. I think when you're on a motorcycle right, and you can get it in the back yeah. tire, yeah. yeah, I think you got a digital just to be... <laughs> I mean, the guy, if you ever watched the video, the guy fucking dumps the bike. He falls. Well, I don't know if that yeah. was an accident or that so the was... the cape, he probably would have been dead. This if dude. that's the actual stunt or that was an accident, I don't know. But yeah, there's two people riding in the rain. I think they're in the UK and he he slides out. I don't think you make a Batman movie where two of them are just driving and he falls off his bike. He just like falls off slowly. <laughs> I, I uh, posted like the... the when Pee Wee Herman falls off his bike in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, yes. I meant to do that. Yeah. Like, that's what it was. You meant to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I meant to slide out. Up. The ears are okay, I guess. They're not no, long. Like they're not weird, short. Pointy. They're they kind of shape. Yeah, they're weird tapered. So someone on the internet, I wish I knew who put this graphic together because it's quite good, uh, is pointing out several influences from the comic book. And I'll put this graphic in the show notes of the this episode. The helmet and the collar... Looks a lot, like I said last week, Mike Mignola's Gotham by Gaslight. That's the reference he has here. The chest plating, the scallop chest plating looks a lot like Lee Bermejo's uh, version of Batman. Uh, the like the gauntlet things you mentioned, Rugs, the needles on his arm. I don't know what those are, but they're from the character Talon from the Court of the Owls storyline. He has the same things on. And then the bike and the pouches. And the belts around his leg, a lot like Greg Capullo, Scott Snyder, Zero Year, Batman. I do right. like how the bat bike has little bat ears. I thought that, that looked kind of cool. So It's understated. It's fine. Again, uh, and it's got big, fat tires, which I like. Big, fat tires are cool. And again, daylight set shots. Normally, I don't like looking at this, but I need to see the suit. I need to see the ears. Give me the, the white eyes. And we'll see what happens. It could be all right. I'm not that mad at it. You know, it's not... He looks a little bit bulky. Yeah. Like he looks too Iron Man y, more like Iron Man than Batman. Yeah. On the top and then on the bottom, he looks more like the Punisher, I guess. But yeah. So it's kind of like off just a bit. And I remember saying last week, I love Zack Snyder's Batman costume. I think it's one of the best Batman costumes by far. Yeah. And uh, I thought they were going to roll on with that in that same direction, but I, I, get, I guess I got it wrong. They could. Have it for this movie, and then up subsequent movies, he could probably get better tech and lighten the load a little bit. You never know. I like that they're pulling from these uh, comic book uh, inf- influences and references. That's fun. yeah. I mean, Arkham Asylum has Batman in armor. It's not yep. like the first yep. time I've we've yep. seen this. So I'm in between right now between Floppy Jock and Geek Boner, honestly. Because I'm just like I'm whelmed. Yeah, just whelmed. Not under. Not over. I would go, yeah. I'm wait and see. Wait and see, yes. Not, but yeah, obviously not impressed. Uh, but yeah, there's your new Batman. Uh, sticking with DC Comics, they had another little bit of a shakeup. Uh, since 2010, Jim Lee and Dan Didio have been co-publishing DC Comics. Well, DC reportedly fires Dan Didio uh, this week. What the Didio? What the oh, Didio? shit. Um, and they're working on something called 5G, their new uh, generation five, generation five, their new uh, uh, storyline continuity to, you know, DC, they fucking, whereas Marvel, 
will just roll on with their continuity and and like fix little things here and there. DC will fucking restart the whole shit. They should they should name their company Do for Do Over because yes. that's all they do. Yes, this is crazy. <laughs> uh, Anthony, is this shocking that the one publisher at DC Comics just fire, fired out of the blue? Apparently, his relationship with Scott Snyder and this whole push for this five G and what he's been doing was not good. What does this say to you about DC Comics? I mean, I don't care. Business wise, uh, <laughs> come on, you're I, the I business would, guy. I'm I asking your business. Dan DiDio is has been a name that's I've known about from reading comics for a while. So to fire him this abruptly seems strange, but it has to be some sort of again probably some sort of business decision where the they wanted everyone on board and Snyder's worked his way up to the a certain point in that company where his say means a lot and that's was what happened. I don't. What is five G? What is so, this? A, well, this yeah. My internet? Like what is this? Well, that's no, what that's I thought. A stupid name for it. It, it really is, is because all I mean the fifth generation sounds better, but yeah. it's basically another way to bring. So they've been doing this thing where they've been resetting the DC universe all the time and right. then changing who the main characters that you're following. This is another attempt to reset it, bring back old characters, and either that or replace them with brand new characters. They've done this. It's called Rebirth. It was yes. called New 52. Well, right. They've but, done this. Ruggs, before you explain 5G, let me just tell you what Dan Didio did. He loved fucking Crisis stuff. He wrote the post-Crisis on Infinite Earth wave. And since 2004, he, they did Identity Crisis. Then they did Infinite Crisis. Then they did Final Crisis. Then they had Flashpoint. Then they had the New 52. Then they did Convergence. Then they did Rebirth from Jeff Johns, and now this is their new trying to fucking fix their shit again. All they're doing is ruining it. I mean, they cannot find a continuity if they fucking bit them on the ass. So, Ruggs, what, <laughs> have, you heard, what have you heard about what 5G is, how they're going to handle I this? I read this whole fucking article. Okay. I forgot it already. But I just know <laughs> that basically um, he was – Dan Didio was, was a big proponent of, of doing this new reset. And um, – I don't know if everybody was on board with it or people were thinking uh, it was going like, to hurt sales. And I think according to what I've read that uh, AT&T is considering stopping DC Comics altogether. That's a big rumor. So AT&T Time Warner owns DC and is do they just want to shut it down? Is that why this is happening? So I think that right now they're basically – I don't know. I don't know what the, uh, if it's going to go on as planned. But right. If they could shift gears probably faster without Didio there. Uncertain. Jim Lee is now the sole fucking publisher of DC Comics. Jeff Johns left to help out with the TV and movie stuff. So in a nutshell, the, here's the five generations. What they're trying to do is take their 85 years of characters and history and legacy and finally smush it into one coherent timeline where the new heroes mantles are going to be replaced with younger characters and they're going to age out your Clark Kent, Bruce Wayne, Diana Prince, your legacy, Wally West, Barry Allen legacy characters. They consider generation one, the emergence of wonder woman, the first superhero. And they've moved back her origin to world war one. Originally she was started at world war two, but like the movie said in world war one, now they're going to shift that to world war one generation two is the first appearance of Superman and everything that happens forward. Generation three is crisis on infinite earths from 1986 to flashpoint 2011 It's considered generation three generation four is what we are currently in the real world timeline. 
and 5G will be the next generation where they're thinking of aging up Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent and actually retiring them and replacing them with somebody else playing Batman, which is a little crazy. And they're trying to do this to help their lagging sales. They're going to just destroy the company. I, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's going to go the other <laughs> like, way. Does anybody think this is a great idea? Anthony, no. does this sound like a good idea? Um, well, I'm reading some of this. Um, they intend to make Bruce Wayne, re- the replacement, a black character, which yep. might be the son of uh, Lucius, they did Lucius Fox. Wing. Yeah, they did yeah, Bat- yeah, yeah. Didn't they do Batwing before? There's Jonathan Kent, Superman's son. Right. Um, it's kind some of, of these other. Yeah, so Captain Boomerang would take over as the Flash. Yeah. So does this sound interesting? It would only sound interesting to me if they had the balls to actually go all the way with it. But I know yeah. this is going to be redone and everything's going to be reset in like uh, six months to a year People and a half. We're just going to sit it out and wait for the classics to come back. Right. So there, there's no. If this was like a true change, but I've been, I haven't been reading comics forever, but I know enough to know that uh, the biggest change in comics is always every five to six months, and then yeah, it gets yeah. reset back to status quo. So what? I don't know. There's remember Marvel who, Now. Yeah, that this is just like Mar- all new Marvel Now. Later now now all. New. I don't mind necessarily new characters, but I don't necessarily agree with if you're going to do it, then replace and then go back to status quo. Like, what's See, the what- point? What I would do if I was DC yeah. is I Hold would... Hold on. Give us the rug down. Oh, I don't have that clip. Anyway, no, go on. He is the rug down. What I would do Nailed if it. I was DC, I would, I would, I would like slice off all the characters and just leave the core maybe 10 or 15 that you really, really need. You want to circumcise all the characters? What? Yeah. Just, just cut all the like extraneous bullshit cut the characters. Tip off. That, okay. All right. And then... Have that universe, and then you can now introduce brand new things, brand new things that are relevant that could now be part of that universe and are just as important. Instead of you have too many books fighting with one another, when you release a book, it's not going to get any kind of FaceTime because people are walking by like they have, they already have their 20 things that they're collecting. Yeah. So if you get rid of all those things, you're going to have something, okay, I need to fill that void with something. Now, now you put out these books that have all of the things that are missing, but are now have different characters or or shifted stories. You don't you don't take away your main characters. So keep to the do core that. characters is what you're saying. Yeah, because there's a lot of DC characters that are okay, but like you know you could totally rebrand them or re- redo them or whatever like that are not that important. Would you change so, their age or would it be like it is now? Like Peter Parker should be like 80 years old, you know, honestly. But he's gonna be fucking, you know, mid twenties forever. Why do characters have to age they in real don't. time? They don't. It's comic books, right? But you <laughs> then you have immediately to, backed off of that. But then you constantly have to keep redoing their backstory and I, where I gotta, they've been. I got a take that's probably not popular with people that are in the industry. Yeah. that are trying to make it. Yeah, they really should just have like four or five comic books released a month. Oh shit! Oh shit! I, there's too many. Who? There's no demand for the amount of comic books yeah. that they release. Yeah, especially since you're selling maybe a hundred thousand copies right. of a thing when, now. When you're like celebrating that you sold a hundred thousand copies, like yeah. that's just a far cry from anything. And I know I don't really know the the business economics of if they even make money off of these comic books. Yeah. But realistically, you, there should only be like four to five titles. Just your main like Batman, I know that's going to cut like artists and and yeah. writers out, but uh. there's not enough. It's too it's spread too thin. 
there's 30 to 40 books that people have to like follow and live with different characters and stuff. It does really, I would, I would, if, if you really wanted to change the industry, cut down the number of books and provide more content in the books that you have. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't ask people to buy, spend four to five bucks a book on, what is it? What's the amount of pages? 32 pages average. Yeah, it's I actually like twenty five pages of comics, and the rest are ads. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. it just does to me that in in the age we're living now, where you can go and pay twelve bucks, you know, whatever amount people are paying for their media, yeah, Netflix, yeah, Disney Plus, whatever, yeah. Now you're gonna say, hey, that money that you're paying for all that content on media, that five bucks is worth. 25 pages of comic yeah it's not yeah it's not the same anymore you know, the, the yeah. industry is broken the big two i don't know how much longer they can sustain independent comics are still kind of thriving but there's a lot lower lower scale right um but i feel like records like but there's more on the line with the indie comics yes. i feel yeah all yeah. right like the indie comics, that's someone's baby. Yes, right. exactly. That's someone's yes. like life work. That's a passion project. They yes. they fucking cobbled this shit together with yes. blood, sweat, and tears. Absolutely. Like uh, corporate comics, it's just like they're just let's hire this person because this person is is gonna like we, we can we can advert we can market this. Yeah. We can, we get this person. We can market this person is writing it now. We can market market this artist is doing it, and then they're just marketing teams together. And hoping that it's going to catch fire, or they'll find somebody that has something that they could market, and they'll use that. It has nothing to do with who's writing a great story, or who's going to change the industry. There's none of that. The, to the, to them, an idea of changing the industry is like, oh, we're going to change the costumes to be more modern. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, well, uh, yeah. Since <laughs> when, when did a costume sell you a comic book? Yeah. When? when? Yeah. Uh, like, Sp- you would Spider- buy Spider-Man's black costume? <laughs> no, you're already buying Spider-Man. That's true. It was Spider-Man. All right, get the yeah, fuck out of here right. with that. I'm wrong. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, because he says stuff. Like I bought Spider-Man 2099 because of the costume, but I was I was in because oh, it was Spider-Man. You motherfucker. Anyway, All right. So like that was just a bonus that yeah. the costume was yeah. cool. It didn't make me buy it because of the costume. And the costumes aren't cool anymore anyway. The costumes are looking more like, like regular shit that people wear. There's the story like way back in the day of Daredevil and Wally Wood changing his costume to red and help increasing sales, making the costume right. look better. But that well, was like didn't the make 60s. sense that he was wearing well, fucking yellow, yellow and brown. Yeah. Uh, but the point is that rumor of AT&T wanting to shut down DC Comics, there was another rumor that maybe they would license their characters to people like possibly Disney and Marvel. But can you imagine Marvel just buys like Batman and Superman and all that, that shit? I would love Holy shit. Oh, imagine shit. Marvel bought DC. Right? That would be insane. And then what you do is Marvel would start decimating or destroying every single like uh, redundant character. So that you'd get rid of Green Arrow because right. you have Hawkeye. Yes. You get rid of all of the double characters. The doubles, so now there's only a, one. Yeah, that's brilliant. Like, and then you have they have to make up their mind: are they going to have Thanos or Darkseid? Yeah. Which one are they going to keep? Oh shit! And then they make one universe. Well, you could do a whole limited <laughs> series where those people fight and one of them dies. They better not get rid of Elongated Man. That's all. Oh, I Oh, that's say. your you love uh, Ralph Dibney. <laughs> Ralph you like the Ralph Dibney. and Sue Dibney. I, I would be if the, if Marvel ever bought DC. I mean, that would just. 
I, I, I might my the, that emoji where the brain explodes. Yeah, game, I might, that might happen for me for a little bit. Where I'm just like, over. what that's, are they going to do? It's like Starbucks opening a Starbucks across from a Starbucks. You know, oh, that game's over. There's no more places to open Starbucks. You're done. You won. Like at DC, you'd only have to keep like maybe like ten characters, and the rest of them are just completely replaced. But you would have ten of the most iconic, heavy hitting IP characters to add to your fucking roster. You know, right. So who knows what's going to happen? Crazy fucking shakeup on DC. Our comics still going to be around. Like, do you need Hawkman no. in, in the DC universe no. or in the Marvel universe? Which one? The Thanagar Hawkman or the other Hawkman? There's <laughs> do you several need them at all? No. Like, you have Thor, right? Yes. No, you don't need them. No. Great. You can just get rid of it. Like, so many superfluous characters and no one gives a shit. I think about you them. keep all the Lantern Corps. They're awesome. I could, They definitely have a purpose. <laughs> okay. The Lanterns. Okay. That's a unique. That is unique yeah. One, it's, yes. it's very unique. Yeah, I mean the movie. We can do a whole podcast on just. I know the the movie. Every every fanboy that's ever loved uh, comics would would always want to see would be the the versus movie. You would have to do a DC versus Marvel versus movie. Oh, that would be and that and that would probably make the most money ever. What about X Men versus Avengers? This is the fucking Batman versus Daredevil. They find out they're both. They find out that their universes are colliding. Yeah, right. And there's nothing they can do about it except get rid of one of them. One and, only, uh, there's only room for one. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. All right, last thing in the news. I figure since we're doing this E3 sponsorship this month, well, you should talk about some fucking video game news. Huh? What do you think, fellas? <laughs> sure, um, sure. I did. I never told you. I did finish Spider-Man. Oh, finally. Oh, you finished on Spider-Man? Yes. You know what I did? Was I just I fucking, I set it all the way on easy, and then I finished the game. So Jesus was, Christ. It's a fucking it. great ending, great story, and it goes on. You can keep playing that game. There's downloadable content. There's side missions. You can just hang out and stop, stop crimes. Fucking great. But that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the next Marvel game coming out, Marvel's Avengers, uh, which uh, has had a couple of gameplay videos and a trailer. There's a new trailer out that I put in the show notes that you fuckers probably didn't watch, even though I told you to watch I it. I did watch it. Okay. Uh, Anthony, what did you think of uh, this new trailer showing some new characters and new gameplay for this Marvel's Avengers game? Did they show new characters? They only really showed Miss Marvel. Is Miss Marvel? That was oh, the main. Shit. Okay. That was the main exciting one for me that you get to play as Miss Marvel. I mean, the gameplay looks good. It doesn't really, honestly, my opinion hasn't changed on it. It looks fine. It looks yeah. really, you know, fun to play. Except for the weird generic faces. Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> it, it'll be fun to switch from one character to another and yeah. use their power set. The one thing that crossed my mind because this is more of a movie podcast, yeah, and, all yeah. the, and I don't know if I'll ever play this all that much. Yeah, it does look fun. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But the one thing that crossed my mind is, man, Miss Marvel is going to be weird to see on screen one this day. This is why. Uh, <laughs> this is what I wanted to talk about because a is, giant fucking hand slapping people and shit. Right, yeah, right. What is, this? is this a hint of what she's going to look like on her Disney Plus show? Showing enlarging and stretchy powers always looks goofy. It works in a video game, sort of. Will this work live action? I don't it, know. It, it still will, looks I will, weird. Before Rug says, it, yeah. just some comment on that. It even looks weird in the video game. It does a little bit when she has giant <laughs> like compared hands. to everyone else. Yeah. It, with, with it just seems it's just not strange. cool. Yeah. So like this is the the thing. You could have weird powers, but the character has to be really cool and likable. Yeah. So if they make her cool and likable, maybe people will overlook how lame her powers look. But it's just not going to make you want to see her do stuff. You're gonna be like, oh, here where she comes with her big hand again. That's the first thing I thought of when I watched this. I was like, just, oh shit, Miss Marvel, is this how awkward it's gonna look? This game is yeah. some crystal dynamics. You are Miss Marvel. I am Miss Marvel. 
I'm just, it's cool that she's in there, that we're going to see her on they Disney+. They need to Plus. do something in the comic books and write, rewrite her powers. She's an inhuman. Why can't they do it? I don't know. What? what? Why can't they just say, okay, uh, fucking Reed Richards, like, injects her with something, and all of a sudden her powers are cool. Like, you know, <laughs> She should just have, like, Captain Marvel-type powers. Uh, it kind of fits her personality that's so goofy, you know, her being, like, this teenage girl who's kind of goofy and very Peter Parker teenagery. But, man, that stretchy big fist flying out, that shit's going to look weird, maybe. A little bit. Looked a little strange. <laughs> a little bit cartoony. Um, but, yeah, that's what I wanted to know. Is like, is this what we're going to see? Miss Marvel, Disney Plus, Kamala Khan. I can't wait. Uh, last thing I want to mention about the video gaming is I was so close to pulling the trigger on getting the PlayStation 4 VR headset. Oh, shit. And it's been out for a while. I watched a bunch of videos. A lot of these videos suggested it's still a great time. There are games that support it. But I want to ask the listener out there, anybody has maybe tried it, is it worth it? I just, it seems really cool. You could sit there and the game is all around you. Rugs, have you tried out the VR headset for the PlayStation? No. Would you, are you, have any interest no. in this? Am I, I mean, I would try it if I had it in front of me, but I, I'm not that interested in it yet. For some reason, I think that having a headset on yeah. is not fun. So the headset's lightweight. The only power is the cord issue. There's still a bunch of cords out the back. Like there's a, you, have you seen videos of people with this VR thing on? Yes. There's, I, I, I've watched they're a lot of videos. into their TV. Yes. They're throwing things. Tripping well, over their look, couches. The, the thing itself has a power source. Then you got to plug it into the PlayStation. Then you got to plug that into the TV. Yeah. There's a lot of cords. I just feel like that. It's just a, a license to hit myself in the balls. With different furniture <laughs> in my house. My other concern is like, is it eventually going to join my closet that keeps my Dance Dance Revolution pads and my Guitar Hero guitar? Yeah, it's totally not Wii worth Fit it. I board. don't think so. I mean, like, if you like that shit, I think you should try it out. I, but I don't think it. you're going to use it more than a couple times. That's the yeah. thing. That's I, the I thing. would for just for you. It took you almost a year and a half to finish, maybe more, <laughs> to finish <laughs> that fucking game. Yes. I don't see you. I don't see you immersing yourself in the headset. But I think it would be neat to play like a platformer, like a Mario game, and you're sitting there, about, and though, it's all around you. How did it come about? I don't know. I was, I don't know why. I just, I was like, what's the next thing? Because I love how you know Nintendo is always changing their consoles. They're always pushing the next thing, and I was like, where is video gaming going? And it's it's VR and AR um, on your phone. There's tons of augmented reality games and virtual reality. I'll tell you where an, is where the next step. Is going. Yeah, where is it all going? Right. Okay, uh, I'm going to be wrong about this. All these video game nerds are going to be like, you're wrong about this, but right, I'm going to be it. right about it. All right. All right. So Google just did this thing called uh, Stadia. Okay. Which is a, it's a failed gaming system. But they did it. They failed. But it doesn't mean that's not a great idea. So the the problem is, is that everybody's internet connection isn't good. So what's the idea? The idea is instead of having a system that you have to buy. Yeah. Yeah. And having your house, you're playing off their servers. Okay. okay. So everything's just being, you're just, you're basically playing remotely on their servers. Oh, okay. So ba- you can have the computing power that they have is a thousand times what you could get in the console. So no console. So imagine they could, that's what the, um, like in uh, Ready Player One. Yeah. They're probably all logging into that the similar thing. Hub system. Yes, they're yes. not. They're, you don't see like an Xbox there. No, right. they're just, just tapping into the network. That they put yeah, on. Yeah, and then they 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 like all hook into this one hub. Huh. It's this gigantic computer that's yeah. like super powerful. 
Ooh. and they're all playing. Well, how do you play this now? You have to do it on on a computer. Well, Google connected. tried to make one of those. It's called Stadia. That is that a physical hardware device? No, you just get a. All you need is a, you get a little dongle that you plug into your TV ah, or whatever. Gotcha, kind of like a, the Amazon Fire Stick. Okay. The dongle, all that does is it gets you into the server. Cloud gaming service operated by Google. So hmm. when right now it's failed because it, it, the internet's not there yet. Yeah. When the internet gets there, yeah. when the when everybody has 5G or 5G 6G, and not the DC 5G, the other 5G. Yes, you're talking about uh, movie quality graphics like that are going to be fucking realistic and you're going to be able to walk through huh. an entire world generate like you're going to be ready player wanting that shit that's awesome here's their uh, official copy it's a stadia one place for all the ways we play play with one click moments after you purchase a game it's available to play and patches and updates to games are applied in the background so your favorite games are ready to go smooth beautiful low latency gameplay stadia delivers gorgeous picture up to 4k 60 frames in per this second. in this instance it's not really working mm. they're not there yet but i think that in maybe five years yeah they'll be close but this is the idea. This yeah. is the way that gaming is going to be in the future. You're not going to be reliant on getting hardware every few years because technology is moving so fast yeah. that they they can't keep making these systems, but they can keep upgrading these hubs yeah. and mm. keep patching these hubs and making them faster, more powerful. They could build like a whole separate hub yeah. and then went and switched hubs. And that's faster and easier to do than to launch a console. That's and crazy. Console. It launched only three months ago, November of last year. Hmm. Uh, it's but, interesting, especially yeah. with like the PlayStation Five coming out real soon. Where yeah. it's all of I don't understand how Google can have these giant server farms that is hosting everything. All the YouTube videos have to live somewhere. Now this game, you'd have to. This thing's got to be giant underground fucking warehouse of super powered computers, like. Everything's gonna be the half of the world's gonna be a server farm eventually. Like, how do you how do you run this? I don't know. It's insane. You know, you could do it if you launched something into space. Yeah, that was solar powered, uh-huh. and that would just beam the information via satellite, oh, satellite down internet to a hub. Yeah. Wow, some that science fiction is shit. Interesting. Right there. All right, we're getting into depths we've never gotten into yes, before. That's deep. All right, look, let's take a break here. Play some promos. Uh, and we're going to come back and review another mind-bendy science fiction picture suggested by a Patreon listener right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. My name's Donnie, and I host the Adulting with Donnie podcast. I started the show as a way to offload some of my thoughts every week, and I quickly found out that I wasn't really alone in those thoughts, and I was connecting with other people who kind of felt the same way as me. So join me each week as I pour some whiskey and offload some thoughts about news, entertainment, politics, just whatever might come to my head during the week. So that's the Adulting with Donnie podcast, and you can find it anywhere that awful podcasts are served and also great podcasts. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where 
Here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted and this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics that's the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse every week on apple podcasts and over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options you have to watch it it's so good it was all right your friends may have decent taste in movies but their incoherent reviews are getting annoying i don't know i just didn't like it looking for a new podcast join time sensitive where we break down the recent movies you've heard of but may have missed. Spoilers included. And we get it. You're busy and can't see everything, but are you really going to track it down a year later? We take the time so you don't have to. Find us on Twitter, at TSMoviePod, and find out what we're watching. I'm Sam. I'm Ian. And I'm Kate, and we're three friends and armchair movie critics. Seriously, invite us into your living room. Kate, stop. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Time sensitive, because you deserve better. and Listener, if you enjoy the show on a weekly basis, you should join our fan club. Jockinerd! Visit jockinerd.com slash Patreon, where you'll be supporting the show on a monthly basis, and you get a bunch of swag, stickers, t-shirts, and access to a bonus RSS feed, a whole other podcast feed, where all these shows come out early, Jockinerd show, spinoff show, and there's bonus content like Anthony's Oscar-nominated movie marathon instant reaction. Oh, shit. oh yeah. Continues this week, Anthony. You added another one. What did you watch? I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I listened to that one because I've watched that movie. And also, I've watched Parasite this past week. So maybe in the post-show, if you got time. Yeah, we'll I got some little time. I'd like to discuss your opinions on those two movies, Parasite, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Um, okay. Because we reviewed that with Mike Rips, uh, and uh, I want to talk about the parasite. So that's what you I haven't get. listened to that episode yet, by the way, because I didn't want it to cloud. Sure. What I thought. Hey, listen to it. It's not going anywhere. You too, listener. Listen to the Mike Rips Once Upon a Time in Hollywood review. So that's the kind of fun stuff you get on our bonus feed. Also, if you give us ten dollars a month or more, you get the exclusive opportunity to force us to watch any movie you want and review it on the show. And we've done. Uh, 25 movies in round one. We're about to enter round oh, two right now. Visit jockinner.com slash Patreon. Sign up today. This week's listener-sponsored Patreon uh, movie review is Edge of Tomorrow from 2014. Here's your spoilers. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. Again, this is the first picture of round two of our Patreon movie review. So round two, round Fight. two, finish him. <laughs> Perfect time for new patrons to either bump up or sign up for the ten dollars a month on our Patreon. Send us your movie pick; it will get reviewed right away. We have gotten through the backlog. This movie, Edge of Tomorrow, sponsored by, dedicated to listener Seth Morgan, who will now be will always be known by this sound. I'm, that's always going to remind me of Seth. What's Morgan. that sound from him, Ron? I don't know. It's uh, 
It's a very squeaky, high-pitched something. I'm not did sure. Did you put that in or no, did he put that in? I, I have no idea. Look, I was just sent okay. a clip, and that's what it sounds like. <laughs> but Seth Morgan, is he's been a patron of ours for 21 months and is our... Thank you, Seth. Thank you so much. He is our top patron. Talking nerd! Yeah. In terms of donations. In every kind of way. In every kind of way. Playstations, yes. bobbleheads, gifts. Absolutely. He is yeah. our patron saint of awesome. Every show should have a Seth Morgan. We can't thank you enough. Seth Morgan's first pick, by the way, was Starship Troopers, which we did. Hey, good pick. That was a good pick. That one is on Patreon only. So you got to sign up to listen to that review. But that's not what we're talking about now. We're talking about Edge of Tomorrow. Based on a 2004 Japanese young adult novel called All You Need Is Kill by Hiroshi Sakurazaka. Sakurazaka. Um, he wrote this in 2004. Yes, I was waiting for someone to say that. <laughs> Sakurazaka. Oh, excuse oh. me. Excuse me. Uh, yes, All You Need Is Kill is what it's based on. On Rotten Tomatoes, this movie is sitting at 90%. Oh, shit. Uh, wow. Average rating 7.5 out of 10. Audience score also 90%. This movie was made for about $178 million. Came out in June of 2014. A summer release um, has an opening domestic gross of only $28 million. Ugh. Finishes worldwide with $370 million, which is just a little bit more than twice what it costs. Uh. Wait, three seventy? Three seventy worldwide. Hmm, I was saying five seventy. So five seventy on box uh, box office mojo says three seventy. Okay, never mind. Numbers still five seventy would be a lot better, but yeah, a lot better. Uh, still, this movie should have made a lot more. PG thirteen. It's about an hour and fifty three minutes long. Uh, starring. Well, let's get to the cast. Directed by this movie has an amazing cast of talent behind it. Directed by Doug Lyman, who is a great director who has done some of my favorite movies, starting with fucking swingers. Anybody heard? No. Go. Is, then he does go, which is a great movie. What other, what's some other Doug Lyman movies you love? Born identity. Born Mr. Ident- and Mrs. Smith. Yep. Yep. After edge of tomorrow, he makes this movie American made also with Tom Cruise as a, a, a guy who flies planes for the CIA uh, and smuggles drugs and guns during the eighties. A fucking great movie. Definitely recommend American Made, and he does Edge of Tomorrow in 2014. Anthony, are you familiar with Doug Lyman or any of these movies? Mm-hmm. You never saw I mean, Swingers, dude? No, I never saw oh Swingers. Oh, my that fucking God. One. What? Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith I'm familiar with. Uh, dude, Swingers, movies, Swingers is a somewhat. fucking pop culture iconic movie. You don't like Swingers. You don't think so? It's uh, no. uh, not now, but 25 years ago. <laughs> Was fucking. I mean, I think it's great. I love yeah. Swingers and Go, uh, both great movies. Hmm. Writing this movie, Christopher McQuarrie, uh, another great writer known for uh, the Mission Imp- the last two Mission Impossible the, movies, the Bourne movies. I'm familiar with. Yes, so. Bourne Identity. He did that. Uh, Christopher McQuarrie has written The Usual Suspects, Mission Impossible, Fallout, and The Mummy, which. Ah. A lot of Tom Cruise movies. So Macquarie and Cruise have worked together on a lot of movies, and they're working on Mission Impossible 7 and 8. He also wrote Top Gun Maverick. So Macquarie and Tom Cruise love working together. Uh, Anthony. Yes? Uh, what's this fucking movie about, Edge of Tomorrow? What's the, give us the quick What is this movie recap. about? So we're in some sort of... Oh, I didn't tell you who was in the movie. That's probably important. 
Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt. Yeah, that's uh, about it. The late, great <laughs> Bill, Bill Paxton, Paxton. Yeah. Led by Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt. Okay, go ahead. What is uh, it? This movie is in some sort of future, I would say. It actually takes the place na- like this year. Okay, fine. Yeah. So it's in the pr- present or near future. Present as in 2014. Yeah. It came out in 2014. So somewhat near future yeah. from when the movie came out. And basically, aliens have invaded the Earth. They've taken over a large portion of Europe. And uh, humans have come up with some technology to make themselves look like uh, Ripley from Alien 2. Yeah. Uh, where they're in these mech suits and they can fight these things off. And Tom Cruise is promoted to the front lines, even though he's not battle qualified at all. And he's promoted the front lines. And in the midst of the battle, he realizes that he is basically in a video game um, where if you've ever played any video game and you're playing some sort of where it's multiple levels or, or, or a bunch of checkpoints where if you die, you just go right back to the checkpoint and you learn and you get better. That's basically this movie with aliens. Where you just you die, you get you you learn, you get better. It's basically playing a video game in real life. You get better and you you figure out the moves of the aliens so that you can keep going forward. Yeah, right. That that's pretty good. Do you want to start with uh, your opening thoughts? You always go first. You don't have sure, to go first. Sure, I'll go. With, I'll go I, first. This is the first time you've seen this, yeah. Yeah, of course. Okay, yeah, I don't watch any movies. No, that's true. I don't know why I asked <laughs> fucking that question. I should just stop. I don't know why I'm even on the show. Uh, <laughs> Bro, do you so, even podcast? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the movie's this. So I'll start off by saying the movie, if you're a fan of sci fi, it's a solid movie. I couldn't really, there's not much for me to complain about. The movie, if I could, I was thinking of some sort of food item that Ah, I would compare this to. Okay. So I would compare this to a solid burger. Yeah. With the, and like the, instead of like the normal ingredients, they put like sriracha or pineapple or something something on it just to like make it like a little twist. Yeah. And that twist being. It still tastes great. Yeah, it's it's a burger though, so you you know like yeah. you could fuck up a burger, but yeah. you, you'll never be like, man, this burger. Yeah, I would take this over like filet mignon or anything. Yeah. Like it doesn't make you think too much, but it does make you think it a little with the the twist of the the video game thing that I time described. Loop. It's a time loop piece. The time in. loop that yeah. this guy and and the alien design is a little you know is different. They're like mech mech uh, like mechanical and it's a little organic stuff. So. I, I, yeah. I I enjoy the film. It's not something I'm gonna go back to and want to watch over and over again. Yeah, yeah. But for the two hours I was on, I enjoyed it like I would enjoy a decent burger. Right on. Oh, that's good to hear. Um, look, I'm gonna go next real quick because I've seen this movie before, and I'm glad Seth Morgan picked it. I really love this movie. I love time travel movies. This movie is like Saving Private Ryan plus Aliens plus Groundhog's Day plus Starship Troopers. It does a great job of combining several sci-fi subgenres together. And not only that, it's a great Tom Cruise quote-unquote movie, uh, just like all his movies with a little twist Whereas many of Tom Cruise movies, he's, he starts out as the best of what he does. And he's got to overcome odds and he gets the girl. And he wins at the end. This one, I don't know if I've seen a Tom Cruise movie where he starts out as a fucking pussy. Like a wuss who doesn't know anything. He's a coward. And you see him get better via respawning over and over again to where at the end he is the expert. He does kind of get the girl saves the day. Still ends up like a Tom Cruise movie. But I, when I found this, when I first saw it, I thought this was like a, a kind of a nice hidden gem that that kind of slipped by. And we'll talk about why there was a name change later. But I, this is a solid sci-fi movie that deserves more recognition, I think, 
uh, and more attention. Rugs, yes. you've seen this before. Yes, I have. All right, give us your opening thoughts. You watch it again. Okay, so uh, the story on this movie was I did not want to go see it. Really? When I saw the previews for this, I was like, shut the fuck up. I'm watching this <laughs> Get movie. the fuck out of here. It looks like shit. Fuck that show. Yes. I'm like, it looks like a Tom Cruise bomb, which he doesn't really have a lot of them. Yeah. But yeah. Every once in a while he does. Yeah. So I was like, this is going to suck. But then at the same time, I thought about this is also a Tom Cruise movie. Yeah. And Tom Cruise usually delivers on his end anyway. Yep. Like, even though if the script and the effects suck, he's still Tom Cruise. Yep. So when somebody told me that it was good, like one of my friends was like, oh, I want to see that movie. And it was actually good. And I was like. Fuck, now I got to see this movie. <laughs> so I went in there, and I had a great time seeing it that first time. Um, I was like, for what I wasn't expecting, I was expecting it to suck. Yeah. So usually when I go in with those that low expectation, the movie's like just decent. I'm like, all right, cool. Now I went and watched it a second time for this review. Yeah. And there's some things that I realized. Number one is that Tom Cruise is in this movie. Yes. Established <laughs> that. Um, which... May not be the best casting for this character. Yeah. All right. Because uh, it's, you, you know, it's Tom. And so you can't ever, when you see Tom Cruise in a movie, you see Tom Cruise. You don't see a, another person, you know? So you're just sitting there watching, okay, Tom Cruise is going to kill some aliens. You don't really see the character that they're trying to make. Like yeah. this kind of like, uh, like, you know, cowardly dude. I just see Tom Cruise. So like, I think that it would have worked even more effectively if they would have cast someone else. That was a little bit off the beaten path, but then you have the conundrum, like barely any people went to go see this anyway. Yeah, so you need a name. And they put Tom Cruise because, well, Tom Cruise put himself in this movie because it was a good script, and you know even he couldn't get people into the theaters to see this. So there, there was this movie was kind of doomed in the beginning because like you really need a, it would have probably worked better if it wasn't Tom Cruise uh, story wise, but um, I'm glad that this movie was made, and I'm glad that he's he's enjoyable to watch in it, but I'm just. I just can't not see Tom Cruise. That's the thing. See, that doesn't. That's interesting. I'm gonna kind of disagree because I enjoy like every Tom Cruise movie. You're in his Tom Cruise universe. Like you have to just be in his world. But I was surprised that they went against type and made him kind of the wuss coward in the beginning. And however crazy he is with his fucking Scientology bullshit, his performance is always committed. Yeah, he He did a great job. You could see in his face him getting better, him figuring things out as he died and, and, and respawned over and over again. And I just love a movie star. He's he's just fucking great. He sells it. He sells it. He's yeah, he's Tom Cruise. I I would actually lean more towards rugs. That was something that crossed my mind. I'm going, shit, this is Tom Cruise. Like the whole movie, I'm going, it's Tom Cruise. I I, I just couldn't, I couldn't, I mean, he's fine. It's, he's entertaining, but I would, I would agree that if there was another actor, I would have got a little more immersed in, in his specific part. When you watch 1917, yeah. There's no baggage to these guys. You, don't know you just any believe of these guys. that they're these guys, yeah, right? Right, right? Except for Benedict so Cumberbatch. There's something to that, even though it's not movie star casting, yeah. um, it does add more to the story. But so that's my that that's kind of like a negative thing, but it's also a positive thing too, because he's entertaining to watch and you, you you can't help but love Tom Cruise. I love do, Tom Cruise like movies. Him. Yes. Yeah. I was gonna say you do like him. Yeah. Uh, and the movie probably doesn't get made if Tom Cruise doesn't jump on yeah. it. Like uh, I mentioned, so. fun, it's a conundrum. Fun fact: They wanted Brad Pitt originally. He turned them down. Yeah, I think that's still maybe he would have acted a little bit 
probably put a little bit more Brad Pitt, into like in Twelve Monkeys, kind of made guy. him a weirder character. Yeah, maybe yeah. my one um, minor criticism, yeah, with Tom Cruise yeah. and just kind of watching this movie in this era. Yeah, so number one, I'm like. It, it's Tom Cruise and he's old. Yeah. <laughs> now they, they get around it by yeah. going with the you die and you come back. So yeah. I guess with enough tries, you eventually you you'd you could probably figure it out, right? Yeah. And no matter how old, I mean, he's still like he's probably fifty or late forties when he made yep. this movie. The, the 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 kind of the love story with Emily Blunt, I yeah. found to be a little. I was like, eh. I just knew how old Tom Cruise was, but he still looks great for his age. So I couldn't like fault it too much. The other woke thing I would say is, is this movie was six years ago for fuck's sake. Right. Well, I was just going, man, if, if I had to be really a big stickler, I'd go, man, this is another movie where a man just takes over where the the woman is but, is nah, great. Nah. It, yeah, yeah. The man, the woman ah. is put in a position where she is, she gets to a certain point, but it needs to be that man She's that got, takes her to that There's level. a dead end point. However, that character, Rita Vertrasky, that could have been a man. And I like that it was a tough female full metal bitch leading the action being, you know, the, the biggest mimic killer out my, there. My thought on there was putting Tom Cruise as the tough guy and having Emily Blunt be the one to lead Oh, him, flip it. Flipping the roles. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Just just a thought. It's A lot of people cite this for its feminist uh, position of Emily Blunt's Rita, you know? Really? Yes. I found I found it to be if you, if I was going to take that point. See, I I see it as that he can't do this without her. Uh, yes, yeah, but he true. can't. He but even at that dead end moment in the plot where he's like, "This is as far as you go," he does end up going back to her after not getting her one time, finding out more shit, and then going back and he needs her, uh, and she does die at the end <laughs> trying to get this done. But well, they both die. They both die. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but he comes back. You know end. what's great about Tom Cruise movies? Cruise gets older, the women stay the same. Yeah. Like, <laughs> women all the same age. So yeah, that gets a little weird. I, I will throw out that uh, Emily Blunt. I'm not. I wasn't a big Emily Blunt. She's kind of sexy fan. in this movie. She looks great. Entire but she's doing the fucking. I yoga found poses. her very attractive. Yeah, and I love her fucking giant anime sword. Is fucking badass. Geek boner. that she carries around so i thought the performances overall were great it's great to see paxton there's, dig there's in. not a ton of this mo- in this movie that's really all that offensive or is going to make you go man like no. that's a weird choice like, why'd they do that very few if any nitpicks right. overall about this movie it uh, could have been a more diverse cast maybe well you had the whole uh j squad that was diverse was it yeah Woman, you had the black guy that was from Legends guy. of Tomorrow. I'm like, where where have I seen this guy <laughs> oh, yeah, before? Yeah, it was yeah. Uh, Firestorm. Half yeah. of Firestorm. It was Jax. Yeah. Jax right. is in the movie. I love the in the beginning. I think the storytelling, the pacing is great. It's a really quick setup. They don't yeah. fuck around. And the first time he dies, it's 24 minutes in. And then it starts over. So within a half an hour, they set up this world, these characters, really well and really efficiently. I, I would agree. When when Once... Once you're hit with the first setup of him yeah. flashing, like, what, what, is, what, it? The what is it, the going into the time loop, and then yeah. it happens a second yeah. time, you're going, oh, okay, I, I get yeah. this. This is this is, this is is an intriguing idea. I'm, I'm on board. My favorite part of the movie is the middle section where he's dying over and over again and training and where he meets Rita, and uh, that that whole middle act is just so great. And I think he's been in there like is it three hundred so times at least. We see about twenty six deaths they show us, but it's estimated to be over three hundred times she died. Because if you notice, Rita mentions I saw this dude die three hundred times when she had the power. 
Right. So this, uh, I looked it up. I was like, how many times does he fucking die? About at least three. Well, you times. can see that they at some point. First of all, I love the writing in this. Yeah, movie. I do. Even because it's such a complicated idea to do, and this is what I love about it. And um, okay, so this is where you see a movie that has action some weight to it some seriousness but it also has good comedy good humor Absol- that's not absolutely that's not like james gunn right. like my name is Taserface. Yes. <laughs> like it's like yes no it's like funny because of the situation Lame. yes and, and and it's smart yeah it's not like you know what i do which is dick humor and fucking <laughs> fart jokes like it's it, it's like ti- it's all about timing yeah and uh like calling things back and whatever so it's funny, but it's not like funny where it pulls you out of the story to the point where you're like, okay, now this is like, uh, it's it's comedic, but it's not like a comedy in quotes. Oh, it's it, it's organically funny. Like some of the deaths are hilarious, and the redos, and yeah, uh, and then you got these um the, the this time loop, which is sci fi shit. Yeah, I love time travel movies. So they're using the time loop like like they do in uh, Groundhog Day. Yep. And they're using the comedic elements, but there's also this whole thing of him, like, we don't see a lot of the deaths. Yeah. We're just assuming, okay, I'm, he's going to learn about all of these guys. Maybe he went back, one, he killed himself once and went through it and went and asked somebody something specific about them so they can manipulate him about it later. Yeah. And it's very Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. You know Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Yes. They just go, okay, I'm going to leave the key here. Yes. It's going to be behind this bush. Be right here. And then it's there yeah. because- yeah. It just that's how the like the intention already manipulates time. I think what the, the movie does a good job of from right from the beginning is number one, if you've played video games, like I mentioned, yeah. that that aspect of jumping right back where you started or jumping right back where you died, it, it resonates with anyone that's played a ton of video games. Cause you're like, oh, yeah, like this is a video game. I, I learned from my mistakes and I'm going to keep going now. OK, I, I understand this. Also, though, like Tom Cruise's ability right away or the way they wrote him to he kind of does what everyone would do in that situation. Yeah, so in yeah. the beginning, he's like scared or whatever. Yeah. But then like once he realizes he's in this loop, he tries to save people. Okay, yeah. That doesn't work. Yeah. He tries to let everyone know like, hey, I'm, I know this is crazy, but yeah. this, you know, this is happening and no yep. one believes him. So like it, it, the, the progression of like his thought process is similar enough to anyone that he's either played video games or if you thought you were in that situation, you would relate to that and go, okay, that that's exactly what I would do. So he becomes immediately relatable, even though it's, it's, Tom it's Tom fucking Cruise. Cruise. I mean, it's a lot. It doesn't ever feel like they're writing it to force it in a direction that wouldn't naturally go that way. Right, right. I forgot how that's it ended. I hate that. So it's, it's kind of unpredictable. Cause I remember I was watching this again and I was like, I don't remember what the fuck happens. At oh the yeah. End. I forgot the whole thing yeah. where he got the little, the ragtag group to go with him to the thing. And find the Omega. That, that was a nice little carrot at the end there. Yeah. I, for some reason thought it ended when he went to the, to the first place and killed the thing. And it was there. I remembered it wrong. I had that whole Mandel effect. So, I mean, uh, the mo- I was like, "Oh shit!" There's a whole other part of this yeah, movie. That I forgot yeah, yeah. So that was kind of exciting. It- I did have another minor criticism. Yeah. I- although I like generally when the guy gets the girl. Yeah. I didn't necessarily like it here. So they do kiss. There isn't really a romance. There's sort of a romance. the the re- The main reason besides the age difference. Yeah. Is I was just like, motherfucker. Tom Cruise always gets the girl. He always Why? gets the girl. Does he always have to get the girl? God 
Yeah, it was yeah. just a minor thing, but I, I felt like they had like they were trying to hint at their romance. And I, I was thought like, the eh, kiss I don't know if it's necessary. In the moment, was organic. It was like, look, we're gonna die. You did a lot. I'm just gonna kiss you. Like, what? I don't know. Sure, I, it didn't seem too forced. Well, but... she goes like, "Thank you for getting me here." Yes, yeah, yeah, getting her as far as you can. And but in that timeline, like she's just met him, right? But she feels like she knows him. He knows her. Obviously, she yeah, she knows she knows that he knows her better than anyone else, right? So that, by that, she point. feels comfortable just kissing him before she he dies they don't whatever well that's the thing that i think that's the connection there yeah. right is that she's been through this yeah so she knows through her own experiences what he's probably feeling for her because she probably end up feeling the same thing for for hit like whatever whatever the the counterpart that she had so there is something there to to connect sure, them. that's that's smart that's fair i like that this movie creates its rules and it follows its rules well you know that I think uh, that's that's important, and a lot of movies kind of get all willy nilly with the fucking rules they set up. At least this thing, I I did have a couple of questions about things like, okay, I got, so yes, I have one too. Go ahead. Like Tom Cruise figures this out. Yes, figures out where everything is. Yes. Like why doesn't he just go and go? Okay, I, instead of just taking a ragtag team, do what he does. Like manipulate the situation enough so he can get to the main guy. Like he doesn't. In, 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 in talks to that guy, then come back and go. Like, I need like a, a team to go bomb this place, or let's send a missile over to this place, or whatever. Oh, he's got to go in by himself and swim yes, down there, with, like, w- and, and hit it with a grenade. And hit it with a grenade <laughs> as he dies, and then he gets the power. That's the only time where I feel like that's film writing. Oh, okay, like here we go, Hollywood film writing one hundred and one. He's so got to go mano a mano. Ending this movie, I know they had a couple of different endings, and they they went back and forth. Ending something like this. You could have easily been a mess and it could have fallen flat. But I feel like what do you guys think of the end end? the fact that I think he, I think that he should have died and that should be. So here's movie. the thing. He kills the Omega and the thing blows up. But then he absorbs just like in the beginning when he kills the blue alpha mimic gets the time resetting powers. Now he absorbs the Omega's blood and the final reset happens again. It's at a different starting point, except this time. The Omega, what he just did still sticks, but everyone is alive. Nobody remembers. And can he control time now? I don't know. That's the part that I, that's the only part of the movie that doesn't work for me. I mean, it was, I was a little confused by that as well. Yeah. The ending was kind of, I'm like, wow, that's, I don't know how I feel about this ending, but I I don't know how else they could have ended it. That it would have been interesting. Like just killing him. Everybody dies. He dies. The movie ends. That's not a good ending. The, The mental, World gymnastics and the world that it's built, it, it kind of falls apart there because if if he did something in the future, then he dies and he absorbs the the time loop thing. Yeah. yeah. Why does what he did in the future affect when he goes back in the past? Well, so w- the only way I can explain that is that the, what he absorbed at the end is a stronger power. It's not just resetting time; it's actually controlling time. See, but then you had to assume time. that. But See, I, like, I would have yes. written it differently. Where this is what I would have ended it. I would have ended um, like Tom Cruise goes into the thing and he, he drops the grenades in and blows up the thing. He's also dead or whatever or whatever. And then some other soldier that comes in from into that time and like and basically saves his life. Oh, and and the reason why they could do that is because 
they've now an- analyzed this dead thing that he's killed and now have time travel. Well, so that's, hmm. then they know that this is going to happen, and then they would insert themselves and save him. I, I got a huh. slightly different ending. Hmm. Okay. That will actually more different because it's my my thought yes so if you're going to go with the he kills it he absorbs the time loop yeah so he wakes up he he dies he wakes up right away right like outside of the water outside the loop okay right? same same time same time yeah. so he, he that's what he gets yeah everything's cured yeah and then it ends with him telling the world that the girl saved the world and they honor her here's the problem you can't make a sequel if emily blunt is dead is that what they were trying to do? Well, they're going to make a sequel. We'll get into that. But uh, I I like it better. I, I really felt bad that she died. Like when she got killed, I forgot that happened. She's such a great character. This way they reset it to where he has to learn to get. She has to get to know him again. And he just it ends with him laughing at the situation. There's no reason for him to, to get to know her now. No, there isn't. He could just walk away and continue on with his life un- unless something else happens. Or he can control time. Or I don't know. The other thing that really bothered me, this is so nitpicky, but every time I watch this movie, I'm like, what the fuck? Get the fuck out of here. How do these two, Rita and Cage, wearing these bulky fucking exoskeletons, and then they just calmly and easily sit in a fucking minivan? Oh, <laughs> what the fuck is this bullshit? I was like, how, I don't know. How well, you- Emily's suit is very small. No, but there's fucking giant things behind them and on their legs, and they just get in. And they fit perfectly. That's true. I was like, what the fuck? Well, how, how are they sitting in this bucket seat of this fucking minivan? Oh, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. And yeah. I, the second time, that's the only thing that bothers me about this movie. And then the ending being all weird. Everything else, I fucking it's, love it's the way solid it's solid sci-fi. It's a solid, solid yeah, sci-fi absolutely. blockbuster action flick. And underrated. I don't know why they didn't perform well at the box office. Well, here's a little bit of a clue. Fun fact, the name of this movie was changed when it came out. On DVD, it is now listed as Live, Die, Repeat, colon, Edge of Tomorrow. So like Birds of Prey, they f- found the marketing a little confusing post and did a name change. Doug Lyman really wanted to call the movie Live, Die, Repeat. He was right. and uh, Yes. And the, the studio wanted Edge of Tomorrow. They won. And then he was like, I see. I fucking told you that this would be a better title. Because I Live, think Die, ex- Repeat is more spot on. Although I think Edge of Tomorrow... Is an is an, a title that hints hints at what the movie is, but without being hitting you over the head with it. But live, die, repeat. Live, also, die, repeat is very self explanatory. Yes. So who knows if well, it'll it's be just better. like if for the idiot who doesn't really know what the movie's about. Yes. They're like, I'm. They're, they're gonna go see this movie and then get exactly what they paid for. Yeah, well, I, 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 I kind of like Edge of Tomorrow just because it when in the context of watching the film, yeah. you're always on the Constantly. edge of tomorrow. Yeah, you're I'm sitting on, yeah. and it's a more clever way. But I understand why. Live, so repeat, he has also said title. Uh, regarding the sequel that he has a fucking great idea that's even better than the first movie. They're working on a sequel. Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt will be returning if the script is good. And it's going to be called Live, Die, Repeat and Repeat. That's his terrible title. That's going to be the name of this. And he's like, I'm not changing it this time. He just wants to put out a movie that's called Live, Die, Repeat and Repeat. You should have called it Live, Die, Rinse and Repeat. Rinse and Repeat. What did you guys think of the aliens? They were like a a mix of Transformers and uh, the aliens from Avengers, where like the mothership, yeah, kills the Ultron squid like, th- or the uh, Avengers squid like oh, things, or yeah, even this is like the hive mind. Yes, or whatever. It, it even reminded me 
rug boy will get this of Legion from Gamera too. Oh, right. Godzilla yes. fucking reference. Gamera actually. Oh, ga- oh, sorry. Gamera. But the what did you guys Godzilla. think of the alien? Because that a big part of the movie is the alien design. I kind of like the design. I like how they pulsated. I like how fast they were. They were kind of uh, threatening and uh, menacing. Wasn't expecting what they looked like. To yes, what they the were. tentacly metal, organic techno vibe. And like the orange ones, I like how there was different ones. Like the orange ones with the scouts and the alphas at a head. And uh, they're frightening. I didn't find anything to be terribly inventive, to be honest with you. I was like... The mechs look like something out of the Matrix. The the the, the yeah. bad guys yeah. look like something out of the Matrix. Yeah, like the squids. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And it just was very Matrixy in, in its design. Uh, compliments to Jeff Darrow who pioneered that shit. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know the mech suits were a big thing in Alien, and and they were using it on that fucking Elysium movie with Matt Damon. Yeah. Yep. So that was like you know that was a, a lot of stuff was like uh, it's been seen before. Well, apparently the these suits are they're based off of like real military exosuits that they're kind of working on also. Right. So I so I'm just saying there's nothing really like new here. Like the they tried to make the aliens new, but they seem to me very reminiscent of the squids. I didn't mind him honestly cribbing from Starship Troopers, Aliens, Matrix, all these things. I think he he mixes it up well in his recipe. And it's not it derivative. It doesn't but, come I mean, across derivative. It doesn't really matter what the aliens look like to be. Right. I mean, it'd be cool if they were like more memorable. Yeah. Like if you asked yeah. me to sit there and sketch one out, I couldn't. Like, really. but that's not the point, kind of of yeah, the whole thing. Just there's nothing. Yeah, it's just there's they're amorphous. Yeah. You know, they're like boogers that attack you. Anthony, what'd you think? I thought they were fine. I wasn't like blown away. It's yeah. not something I necessarily. Was going, man. That's a crazy, awesome design. It was fine. I, I thought it was an interesting idea of instead of creating some sort of living creature that we're all used to, it was yeah. more of a hive mechanical sort of thing. Yeah, techno organic. Yeah, thing. yeah. So I, mean, I thought that was fine. Um, Which makes yeah. sense, you know. Yeah, it does make sense. But it does seem like the next. It would seem like kind of the next level of evolution creature that could take yeah. over take over our planet. I mean, coming yeah. out of the ground is fucking frightening. You could never stop. You don't know where they it, are. It constantly reminded up. me of Transformers. That was the only yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the but polygons. I, 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 didn't, I didn't necessarily think it was bad. It's not. It's as I mean, we all know it's been six, five, six years now. But it's not a design that's going to be. Everyone's going to remember for the test of time. No, it's like, not the alien. You're not going to run out and buy the figure, no, right? It's not the alien. It's not the creature from the Black Lagoon. Right. It's not Predator. It's not any of those things. To be fair, it's not though, even the Starship Trooper <laughs> alien. Oh, those fucking bugs were great, right? But it really wasn't about what the alien. You know, the they just needed a. It's an it's about the time loop. Yeah, about the time loop, and it's about uh, yeah, figuring out what to do. Would you? It's be- a wholly indefensive movie, in my opinion. Would you be surprised to learn that Cruz did all of his own stunts? Of course, I mean, absolutely not. Not, not a surprise. No, that's what I expect from yes, him. Yes, and I love that he does that. But yeah, I mean, uh, all right, let's rate the movie. I think we've uh, said everything we can. All right, solid movie. Uh, Anthony, what would you give this out of ten? This is the classic seven. Oh, classic seven, it's huh? Classic seven. That's a. It's a good movie. It's better than average. It's not great. Yeah. But it's it's wholly entertaining, and then and it's something that uh, you turn it on, you watch it, and you know, like you'd most likely if you like sci-fi action, you go, that was fun. Okay, rugs. What's your score? I want to say seven as well. Really? Okay. Yeah, I was thinking it's about seven. Yeah. Um, I I love this movie. <laughs> 
I'm going to give it an 8.75. Wow. You really like Whoa. this movie. I do. I really enjoy this movie. And it's, it's, it is, it was like discovering a hidden gem. I was like, why are more people talking about this fucking movie? Because it's, what a great the concept. The thing about it is, it's like, um, if you're looking for some like world building or if you're looking for something, I don't know what they're going to do with the sequel. I don't know what like, you do I don't with know the how sequel. they could make a sequel to it. They shouldn't. Yeah, they shouldn't. You killed the uh, fucking mimics. Now what happens? Yeah, they should just leave it as is. He said he's got a great idea. I trust Doug Lyman. Now, if they get time travel because of the aliens and they use it to do other stuff, that might be interesting. So but maybe Cruz harnesses time travel. Maybe now. the aliens are them. I don't know. I don't know. It That's just, inter. Oh, I'm not going to spoil the movie. Sorry. It's about to spoil another movie. What are you going to spoil? Um, spoiler alert. Interstellar. Where you were like, maybe the aliens are them. Oh, yeah. Well, that's like a lot of movies do that. Yeah. Right? Where human beings become so advanced that, that they create like an artificial, uh, like. Uh, Planet of the Apes? Or they, no, they create like a techno organic life. Yeah. Like they create, create like artificial intelligence yeah. and they somehow like have some kind of humanity involved. Like they upload their consciousness into this thing and then boom, it goes away into space and it comes back. Battlestar Galactica. Boom. There you go. Uh, but this is one of my, it's like uh, one of my favorite sci-fi and Tom Cruise movies. It has, it's two for one. You get two things. So highly recommended. It, it's, it's, uh, I'll close by saying for me, it's if someone, I can't really argue against liking this movie. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's just a fun movie. It's fun, does everything right. Uh, it, yeah, it does mostly everything right. It has Tom Cruise, Again, mm-hmm. Tom Cruise probably could have been better without Tom Cruise, but as we said, it doesn't get made. So, uh, yeah. I like the Tom Cruise. Thank you, Seth Morgan, for picking this movie. Fantastic pick. It was nice to watch something good to clean the palate after the last two. Was it, two? Was it Brightburn? One? What was the one before and that? The Wraith. Yeah, the Wraith. Yeah. Wraith. Oh, Wraith. Gosh. But then Roadhouse. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm glad we discovered Roadhouse. Uh, so, you guys, uh, and to the listener, uh, I, I'm going to switch things up a bit for our movie reviews. I've gone over with this with the guys. Here's my idea. Also, another idea given to us by Seth Morgan is... Do we come up with anything original? No, we don't. Okay. This is why All you right. have a podcast. Everyone gives you ideas, you do it. They Good. supply, Good. we execute. That's how Jock and Nerd works. Quantity over quality. Seth Morgan suggested we pick movies for each other. Oh, shit. And I thought that's not a bad idea. Uh, criteria being picking a movie that you think maybe is underrated, that people don't know about, that maybe you guys haven't seen, uh, to expose you guys to great movies you think people should watch. What do you think? Good idea? Sure. Yeah, why not? Okay. So we're going to take a little detour for the next few weeks as we do. Uh, these movie reviews. I've already picked the movie. I'm going to go first. So let's just announce next week's movie here. Um, since you got, I'll let you guys think about it. So you have some time to think about it. Think what are we going to think about? What, oh, what our your picks? Your picks. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So my movie is, if you're a bit observant listener for the past few, however long, you may have figured it out. The movie is True Romance. I knew it. I knew you knew. I you knew it. I don't even need to watch. I, I knew you watch it again. Right uh, it's from what year is it from? Directed by the late... 1993. 1993, directed by the late Tony Scott, starring Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette. Written by Quentin Tarantino. Written by Quentin Tarantino. And a cast from the 90s, you will not believe. It is Don't Get It, and it's not True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger, not to be confused. 
with True Lies. But this is a movie that means a lot to me. Watch this when Okey I was... Doggy Doggy Daddy. Yeah, there you go. Well, let me know where I can watch it. Yes, I will. You have not seen this movie, Anthony, right? I have not. All right. I can't wait to... You will not like this movie. Oh, I can't wait. Really? Fuck. Come on. This is a fucking badass movie. <laughs> True Romance next week, you guys. Thanks, Seth Morgan. True Lies? Not True Lies. True Romance. We can review mm. that one too later. I love True Lies, but True Romance. Uh, let's get to the news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. Where else can you get fresh fat flatulence every week? No two farts are alike. Freshly squeezed. Freshly squeezed flatulence. Try it. You won't match them up. They're all different. Uh, this is the segment where I get some quotes from our Facebook group, Jock and Our Nation. Uh, last week, we did Brightburn Patreon movie review sponsored by Daryl Kay. And he commented on the episode to follow up on the review of Brightburn. He asked, did anyone else get the impression that the kid was actually a demon Rather than an alien. By the way, no. By the way, my score for the movie was two point five. Uh, I didn't really see the demon aspect either, Anthony. I mean, they're trying to hint at him having evil with red, but they're not, he's not necessarily a, a demon. I don't evil think. activated by a, a weird. I, I could see where where he might be getting that, but yeah, I mean, it's more. Alien. I mean, he did seem possessed. So I guess yeah, there's a possession, there's a possession. maybe, but I don't know if it's a demonic. He no, seemed uh, to be written as if. Uh, he was half baked. Yeah. Yes. Poorly. Let's go. <laughs> yes. Very poorly. Uh, Brian Goff uh, checking in saying, Hey, Imran, sorry to be that guy, but you said Colin Farrell will be playing Riddler in the new film. It's Paul Dano playing him. Oh, I caught that when you said it, and I just like let you. I wish went away. From you to, <laughs> what uh, made you say Colin Farrell? He's playing the Riddler. I mean, uh, the Penguin. No. He's did it again. Oh, wait. What? Paul Dano is playing Riddler. Colin Farrell yes, is Paul playing Dano. the Penguin. 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 Okay. So then he also adds, when you were going over last week's fuck-ups, I really felt the need to pile on. I guess this is a game now. It's fun. All I have to do to get people to write in is just say shit wrong. Listen, I can correct him, but I just like it better when you guys Uh, yell at him later. You know what? I will will continue to not research as much, so I just say things wrong. I have a little private chuckle to myself when I... I do pride myself in knowing shit, but sometimes words come out before I fucking sort them out of my head. What are you going to (laughs) do? Fuck off. David Zika asks... Are Lock and Key and The Witcher good, or do they just have good premises? I watched all of The Witcher, and only one episode of Lock and Key left, and I feel like they could have been a lot better with a little more planning. I agree. I agree with that. Having watched both, I I kind of like Lock and Key. I enjoyed that better than The Witcher. I didn't watch all Lock and Key yet, but as I said, I thought The Witcher had promise, and it has good bones under there. It just needs to be written better. Which is going to take s- several seasons to like be good, I think. Where, yeah, you know. Whereas Lock and Key, the first season was really fun fantasy. I thought that that first episode was really, really slow. Movie. The show can be a little bit slow, yeah. but you just got it. Has great cliffhanger endings, and they do do a good job of hooking you at the end. Lock and Key is on Netflix. It's on Netflix and making you watch the next episode. Um, but the Witcher's there's a new show on Netflix called I'm not cool with this or something. Oh yes, there's a trailer. It's like a girl with powers. Yeah, I saw that trailer. The Witcher's got a lot more boobs. Yeah, there's not. Yes. Really... Well, yeah, that's yeah. 
Always a plus. The Witcher's got the hottest humpback girl I've ever seen in my life. You never seen a girl with a humpback. She's brown. She's brown. She got a humpback. She's sexy as fuck. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and then even then they take the humpback out and she's even more fucking sexy. She would make a good Kamala. There's also a girl similar <laughs> like that, uh, Yennefer in Lock and Key. She's also oh, like olive skin, dark hair, looks a lot like Yennefer. I thought that was interesting. Also very attractive. So she's kind of naked in one episode. Ooh. Uh, Chaz Hebert answered Zika saying, I thought the Witcher probably had more room for improvement. Lock and key got a little squirrely in the last couple episodes, but overall I thought it was very well done. Witcher had a lot to love, but also had a lot that could have been done better. And then Hamad Akbar Khan says lock and key was good. I mean, it was stupid teenagers making stupid decisions, but it was entertaining throughout. Then he says, do check out stranger. The, Oh, the stranger. On Netflix, it has the to be. The stranger is that when you sit on your hand and then mask. That's called the that stranger, is, that, right? That, that is called, yes. Your hand gets numb. That is exactly what that All right, is. What do you do? You you sit on your hand till it you gets numb. You sit on your hand till it gets numb, and then yeah. you whack off because then it feels it doesn't feel like your hand. <laughs> oh shit! I'm uh, uh, gonna have to try that. Uh, he says, "Do check out the stranger on Netflix. It has to be I'm, the most bingeable." TV everybody's show. thinking. I couldn't stop watching it. The stranger, somebody else told me, was very good on Netflix. Not Stranger Things. <laughs> Wow, got to do the stranger, and then the donkey punch, and then the Cleveland steamroller. <laughs> I'm going to do all of those tonight. Have you heard of the Spider-Man? What's the, oh, how do you do that? Oh, I could probably imagine. It's very vulgar. Yeah, it's very disrespectful. You got to shoot ropes. I understand. No, no, no. No? no. Okay, don't. You tell me later. I'm going to tell you now. Okay, what is it? You whack off in your hand. Uh-huh, and you fling it? And then you fling it with the two fingers at someone. At, at the girl, someone? At the girl. A girl or, or the, if you, I guess you're, you could do it with a male partner as well. You have given right. me so many ideas. My wife is going to have Superman? Do you no know what idea one what, what hit her tonight. Superman? So, how do you do the Superman? Very similar. Yeah. Um, once you, fin- you finish on her back and then you throw the blanket on her. Okay. And then she gets up and the blanket and sticks. Sticks. Yeah. Oh. And she's Superman. I got one. Oh, okay. Again, I got one I no one's doesn't heard work of. for just one women. You can do it to men, too. We're learning. This one is Trump's favorite. Okay. Oh, hello. It's called, he loves playing golf, right? <laughs> yes. And it's called the Arnold Palmer. You know what Arnold Palmer is? The drink? Yes. Lemonade and What's iced in tea. It? Lemonade iced tea. Yeah. So basically, you, your partner lays down on, on their back. With their mouth open, you pee in it. Oh God! Oh, no. And then you dip your balls oh, in your tea bag. <laughs> Get the that's, fuck out of here! That's nice. Oh yeah. my! Nice. Touch my I just made that up right that's now. That's pretty Did good. You, that's oh, really good. Oh, fucking pending yeah. that shit. <laughs> Yeah, you should definitely yeah, take that actually, from Urban Dictionary. I'm lying. It. I didn't make it up right uh, now. I made it up years ago. And I put it out there on the internet. The Arnold Palmer. Somebody try that yeah. and let us know how that goes. Uh, That's and amazing. Then, <laughs> finally. Jesus. I can never say it. Hard to say Arnold Palmer. You have to Arnold Palmer. Hammer. Uh, finally, Ricky. Wow, that was a tangent. Ricky Martinez. Vicky. Who's Vicky? Vicky. Vicky. Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale. <laughs> I like Batman. Ricky Martinez <laughs> comments, I highly recommend Hunters with Al Pacino. Streaming on Amazon Prime, very comic bookish. I'm five episodes in. I, listener, am seven episodes in on Hunters. It's pretty fucking crazy. I definitely say I will watch. Check this. it out. This is like a black exploitation movie plus Inglorious Bastards plus like Schindler's List. Uh, they 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 reference comic book things all the time. The guy's constantly dropping Bruce Wayne, Peter Parker, basically. Jewish kid in the seventies gets wrapped up with these this group that's led by Al Pacino with a Yiddish accent, and they're hunting leftover Nazis from World War II in the late seventies. It's violent, 
and then there's flashbacks to the uh, the Holocaust, which are fucking insane. And you're like, did they really fucking do this? Uh, it's very good. It's getting some controversy on on both sides. So getting people talking. Like what? Well, some people don't think there's some inaccuracies in what they're showing, and other people think they're glorifying like uh, killing Nazis or whatever. I don't know. Well, yeah. you should. Yeah, you should. You yes, think? Nazis. Yes. Kind, fucking Nazis. kind of mirrors what's going on today a little bit, you know, with the Nazis. Ooh. But it's uh, Dylan Baker's in there. Al Pacino's great. Well, there's actual Nazis, and they're just people that disagree with people. Then they're automatic Nazis. It's a difference there. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. They're violently fucking killed. It's a good show. Uh, yeah. I can't wait to finish it. Anthony, does that sound like something you would enjoy? Show about Nazis? Nazi hunters killing Nazis in the 70s. It's yeah, like maybe. a Jewish superhero If show. enough people told me it was good and I had nothing else to watch, yeah. Ten episodes, not bad. Um, got some announcements to finish up the show here, guys. Uh, when the show posts will be the last day of C2E2 in Chicago, the biggest Comic-Con in the city of the year, which we will be at. Hopefully, I will have done stuff and recorded some shit and we'll have a package for you in the coming weeks or a whole episode. You'll definitely hear some audio. One person you're not going to hear from that I was looking forward to talking to again is Boss Logic, the internet fan artist Boss Logic, who I met at Ace Comic Con. And uh, the other day he posted on his Instagram a picture of a suitcase, and he's like, headed to the airport, can't wait to come to the States, go do all these cons. And then just yesterday, I see he posts this. He says, had to delete my initial post. I'm on 30 plus hours of no sleep and I'm so frustrated and upset at the same time. I feel like I've let so many down by things that could have been avoided. I got turned back from entering the States. So I'm flying back the same day I got here. Oh, shit. And then he says, I'm sorry to all my fans, the conventions, Planet Awesome Collectibles. I'm grateful trying to spin negative into positive energy. Uh, They're trying to correct this. I'll see everyone in a few weeks, if not the worst case scenario. At San Diego Comic-Con. This is fucking crazy. And then Blake Braden found the original post that he said had to delete my initial post. This post gets a little more interesting. He says, sadly, I'm reporting that I'm sitting here on a plane on the way back home to Melbourne. He lives in Melbourne, Australia. TSA saw that I'm a guest at these cons and they said guests get paid. So technically my visa does not allow that. I told them I do these on accommodation and flights alone. They said they can't take my word. So they kicked me out, canceled my current visa. And they said we were about to ban you from the States for five years. Oh, shit. He said, and I sat in airport jail for 13 hours, cell phone taken and not allowed to contact anyone until 10 hours in. Everyone treats you like you're a criminal while the TSA staff sit there and laugh amongst each other. Uh, and so then they sent him back on a plane. So like, I think it's like 15 hours to fucking Melbourne, Australia. Uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty long. This is so fucking ridiculous and fucked up, and I feel really bad for the guy. Um, and it's tough. Hate to see it. Yeah, that's, I mean, even with like the, I thought it was like coronavirus shit initially, but even with that, he got on a fucking plane to come here, only to be fucking turned around and sent back. So, sorry, Boss Logic. Uh, hopefully you make it back into San Diego Comic Con with the proper visa. I, can he fix that? There, you know, I, can he just do some paperwork and get in? Like a, it, it does sound like there, he needed some extra paperwork. So, but I don't, last, know, don't know how easy it is. But last year he like was at the cons and and made it in fine. I wonder if they're getting a little tighter now, or they're they're looking closer at everybody. I don't know if he's trading. If he's technically not making money, he's doing it for accommodation and flight. Like, is that I don't know. Maybe he should just shouldn't have told him. 
I guess they figured it out. You really think he's not doing it for any money? No, he's doing it to get paid, but I don't know. He's I don't doing know. it for exposure and to get out there. Right. But look, that sucks. You know, having to fucking fly 30 Sounds hours. Sounds like a terrible fucking day for him. Horrible day for the boss. Day and a half, yeah. two days, whatever. Sounds like one of those worst days. Yeah, sucks. I uh, wanted to. I was going to ask him, like, what, where does the name come from? I had a whole bunch of questions ready, and I won't be able to ask. You, you asked the hard hitting questions, too. So I know uh, you yes. How much you do you really love Spider Man? Yeah. Answer me. <laughs> look, I found out he was Syrian and he's from Melbourne, and like, uh, I figured like yeah, I'm gonna get some more scoops. So and he's a really cool cat. So uh, last thing is, well, we, I don't normally read iTunes reviews, but we've been getting a lot of great ones since we're constantly bugging everyone. Well, you don't know how to read, and I don't know how to read, so yeah. it's hard. I've, I've always wanted to learn. Uh, what? But now we're up to 115. Shut the fuck up. 115. Right. Get the fuck out. Nice. Of here. <laughs> uh, uh, let me read a couple of these. Uh, this one title, I feel like I'm listening to a radio show, five stars by the cinematically correct podcast. Uh, it says the production on the show is insane from sound quality to the impressive intro to sound bites throughout. You think you are listening to a pod with the budget of Joe Rogan, not to mention these guys know their stuff. Definitely the perfect pod for any geek out there to enjoy. Nerd. Thank you. Cinematically correct. I actually, we did a little review change. I exchange. I listened to their podcast. And they're a lovely, cute couple that reviews movies. And I left them a nice review, and they oh, listened nice. and did the same. So check out the Cinematically Correct podcast for some great casual movie conversation. Awesome Sauce is the title of the next one by Chester Lee. Good stuff. Highly recommended. I'm pumped for this podcast. Yeah, uh, me I, too. See? I'm pumped. Yeah, me too. That's a listener. <laughs> uh, and then last one by a dude named Jay Large. He says, thank you, Imran, Anthony, and Ruggs. I've been listening to you guys for about three years on Spotify up until recently. I got Apple Podcasts, so I feel like I know you guys. I really look forward to hearing you guys every week. I so wish I had the means to support you guys via Patreon. I would love to hear you guys review the movie Kingpin from 1996. Anyway, thanks for all you guys do. Keep up the great work. Holy shit. Nerd. Thank you, Jay Large, for listening. Hey, your, uh, your support is enough, but if you do get up... T- I know you said you don't have the means, but if you do get up to $10 a month for at least one month, we'll review that Kingpin. And listen, fucking Kingpin is an amazing comedy from the 90s. Have you seen that one, Anthony? No. Uh, not. I don't remember. Bill Murray, uh, Randy Quaid? Who else is in that, Rugs? Bill Murray, yeah. Randy, Quaid, Randy Quaid, and, uh, and what's his name? Oh, Woody Harrelson. Uh, Woody Harrelson and the other guy. Uh, who else is in that? It's a uh, dude. It is a hilarious bowling. The Italian <laughs> movie. dude. John Turturro. What's his name? Yes. Oh, Turturro is in that too. Like Jesus from uh, Big Lebowski. Kingpin is a, just the, one of these solid raunchy. No, I don't think he's in that. Adult R-rated comedies from I'm the nineties. No, Chris Elliott. Yeah. So yeah, look, Jay Roach. Maybe. Sign up for 10 bucks on the Patreon. Or give us a $10 donation. Or just send 10 bucks our way. You can uh, click the PayPal button. Don't get in eat touch. for a week. That's all. That's like two that's Starbucks. Come on. Yeah. Is but it two Starbucks? Maybe like three. Just don't eat. This is worth it. Your hunger, your request. What's worth more? I think Anthony would enjoy Kingpin. It's a fucking solidly hilarious movie. I like movies. I like movies. I like cash, though. I like money. I like money. Money's good. You like movies? <laughs> Rex, where, My wife, where, 
She likes that shit. That's a deep voice. That's a little jerky voice. Yeah. She likes that shit. Her name's Kethel. You killed. What was it? You killed you, Uncle. Uh, what was his name? You killed Uncle, Uncle Freddy. Freddy. Uncle Freddy. <laughs> Uncle Freddy. Dad. Uncle Freddy. I'm gonna break your fucking legs. Uh, you killed Uncle Freddy. That's another. You gotta sign up for the Patreon. That's <laughs> another Jerky Boys post show. It's hilarious. Rags, where can the listener find you online? You can find me on Twitter, where you could be retweeting me right now. That's what I want you to do. Follow me at Really Rug Boy on Twitter. Retweet me. Did you and, did you pick up any followers this week? No. My growth is is stunted. I feel like Gary Coleman. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> I feel like that kid from Webster. Emmanuel Lewis. <laughs> My Twitter is, is is that's the status I'm at. Look, he's at Emmanuel Lewis level. We want to get it to at least Arthur uh Henry Winkler the Fonz level. It's a little bit taller. Yeah. We're not asking for much. Yeah. Uh, also, check out the show notes, jockandnerd.com slash 316. Check out our website. It will have links to all the stuff, links, how to get, where to get your E3 Expo badges before they sell out, how to get in touch, how to subscribe, and tell a friend, spread the geekery. We will love you forever, or at least 20 minutes. Love you a long time. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for listening. That's all you can ask for. That's me. all you can ask for. 20 minutes. Two songs. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd podcast. My name is Imran. And my name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the Nerd. We'll catch you next time. That'll be $20. Coming to the stage. Imran Javid. <laughs> What is that going Make on? Make sure you get your bartenders. Jogging nerd. So strange. <laughs>